You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyles. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Michael C., back with another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. And on this podcast, we talk all about the wife-sharing lifestyle and everything kind of associated with it, uh, cuckolding, hot-wifing, FLR, a little bit of the interracial aspect thrown in. And um, as the intro says, I'm just trying to separate fact from fiction and just kind of give people a better understanding of, of what the lifestyle is all about. And joining me today um, is a woman who I've, I've talk, talked with for a while, and I'm looking forward to sharing her story with you. Uh, her name is Mistress Jay, and she and her husband, who she will be referring to as her slave, because that's their dynamic. They have that type of dynamic, so don't anyone be alarmed. <laughs> and they have an FLR dynamic, and we're going to kind of go into that. She's going to kind of explain that to us and talk to us about that. So why don't you say hello to everyone, Mistress Jay? Hello, and thank you, Michael. <laughs> no, the, ple- the pleasure is all mine. Thank you for, for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time to to come and share your story with my um with my listeners. I'm happy to. Okay, so as I said, you guys uh, have an FLR type of dynamic, and for those who don't know, uh, why don't you just kind of give a little bit of kind of a brief explanation of what an FLR is? Uh, well, FLRs, I think, kind of are unique to each couple. Um, for us, um, and I'll speak for us because I, I believe that in the community, um, it means different things for different people. And I try to bring respect to however people decide to, you know, have that look in their lives um, because hopefully it's bringing them joy and excitement and a little bit of flair to their sex life. That's part of the fun of it but for us it's a female-led relationship um that comes not because i am more organized smarter um more in touch with any aspect of any element of life um i'm married to a very smart man Uh, he is um, by far more talented in many ways than i am but i believe that a goddess. Uh, I am goddess. Mm-hmm. And because of that, um, he can't help but be drawn to me and to obey me and to follow me. Uh, this became clear. He said the first time he saw my breath, he was, he was enraptured with me. <laughs> <laughs> From then on, I've had him in the palm of my hand. <laughs> and so uh, that's just been the dynamic that we've shared pretty much from the beginning. It's not to say that that is something that comes easy because, um, you know, we've been married for 33 years and in a DS dynamic for over 20. Okay, you said you've been married for 33? Yes. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that we heard you correctly. Yeah, so a long time. And that means we've had, um, you know, kids together. We've had, now we have grandkids. We've had... um, joys and sadness. We've lost important people in our lives to death. We've had some pretty harsh 
um, breakups that have occurred because we're not we're um, not monogamous. We are consensual non-monogamous, and so we've had all kinds of things occur in our lives. Um, but um, it's a journey that we take together, and um, I kind of lead the charge. And I, I'm always open to his thoughts. It, this is not a situation where. I have a submissive husband who doesn't have any opinions about anything. He wants me to just constantly make all decisions. Uh, I, we collaborate, but everyone, and now even our children who are adults, know that I lead. And it's respected and understood. And we have so much more harmony in our home when he's able to just allow himself to sink into that, that position because you know, society makes it very difficult for men mm-hmm. to allow themselves that position, the position of not being in charge, not being the one who leaves. It makes it a very degrading place. And so for the females, it's a, it's a huge responsibility to come along and respond to that consistently because every day, all day long, they're hearing this negative uh, attack on their their gifts that they're giving us, their submission. And so we have to come along and reaffirm them constantly and tell them, no, I see the gifts you're giving me. I see how beautiful it is. And that when you're on your knees before me, that is the most amazing gift you can give me. Okay. That that is, that is key to having a dynamic that is consistent. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me let me ask you this. Let me kind of take you back, you know, to the beginning. You said you guys have, have been married uh, for 33 years. So I'm always mm-hmm. kind of curious, you know, we all grow up a certain way and we see certain things, whether it's from our parents or those people around us or, you know, society and just the world at large. And that kind of shows us the way things are supposed to be according to society. And then we start to kind of grow into ourselves and we say, well, no, I don't, I don't want to do it that way. That way doesn't make me happy. So what I'm curious about is when did you first feel something stirring inside of you that said, okay, I want something different? Did it happen before you met your husband, after you met him, before you got married, after you got married? Like when did that start to creep into your your brain or you started to recognize it in things that you saw? Like how did that seed get planted for you as far as, Hey, I like the idea of, of being in charge. <laughs> well, uh, some of my earliest memories were like being a little girl who would step into the middle of, you know, a large family dynamic where we had cousins and aunts over or something. And I would just, you know, want to be the center of attention and, and um, very, commanding even in that space and so I was always um happy in in that role it never felt like I was um putting somebody out of the picture to be in the picture it just felt like the universe it was meant to be that I was the star of the show and you know that sounds um, narcissistic but um that is how I kind of engaged life and and um, over life, you get, you know, beat up a bit and that, you know, you begin to feel like that's being beat out of you. But from my early memories, I remember feeling that. But, um, yeah, I was 
both of us are pastor's kids, so we have a lot of religious, um, I'll call it baggage, mm-hmm. that comes, that wars against our dynamic also. But um, being the, the uh, confident female that I am has just been part of who I am from young age, from all of the different age groups, when you look back over your life, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, college, all of those different stages, um, there's been a sense of I don't need somebody else to make me complete. I'm complete in who I am. And I've always had that sense and that assurance. Okay, so that kind of makes me curious about something, um, knowing that, you know, we're not too far apart as far as the era that we grew up in. And I know I can remember what that era was like. So I'm curious when you displayed this, were there times when you were like, were you more encouraged to be that way by the people around you? Or were there instances where people kind of discourage you like, Hey, girls don't act like that. Girls don't do that. Like, did you ever have to kind of rail against that? Were you ever put in that situation? Well, that's where I say life um, kind of tries to beat that out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have heard in my life children are are to be seen and not heard, um, which was completely con- contradictory to my personality. I was to be seen and heard, mm-hmm. don't you know? Um, <laughs> and the concept that girls don't do those things. Um, if you're a young lady, you're going to act this way. You're going to dress that way. You know, those kind of messages were consistent as I grew up, especially in a pastor's home. And there was a certain way that I should behave. Um, modesty was always um, drummed into me. Um, sexual behavior, there, sh- there won't be any. That's just period. Um, so we don't need to worry about it because it won't be happening. And in reality, it didn't. Um, I was a virgin until I went to college and met uh, my now husband slash slave, um, which is astounding when I hear that, when I hear myself say that, especially over (laughs) public airways, I go, oh my God, nowadays that's like unheard of. But um, I was also a good girl. I, I did follow the rules and... Um, that made life easier. Mm-hmm. See, I, I knew how to make my life easier. Um, and following the rules made it easier, so I did it until I got out of my house and then I did what I wanted. And then I began to kind of enter into that new understanding of, of who I was. But it's been a transition throughout my life of, you know, peeling back the, the onion layers mm-hmm. of really getting to who am I and what is it that I want, and what is it that I need, and what is it that I demand. And that demand part has really only crystallized within the last mm, 10 to 15 years. So when you met your husband, you said you met him when you went away to college, Mm -hmm. what was your mindset back then? What I mean is, were you pretty much like, okay, I'm going to do it the way that people expect me to do it? you know, get married and let my husband be at the forefront and I'll support him. And, you know, like, where was your thinking 
at that time you started dating or had these, oh, no, at the very least, we're going to be equal at the very least? Like, where was your yeah, mind well, as far as Well, I went to that? college. My intention when I went to college was to go to become a missionary, and then and I, my intention was not to get married. I didn't need a man. I was going to be able to do this on my own. Um, I guess it was the first week. No, actually, I met him at orientation. Um, and then from there, he decided he was intent on getting to know me. And after he got to know me a little bit, he decided I was going to be the one he married. And so he pursued pretty vigorously. Now, sometimes he tries to tell a different story, and I'm like, <laughs> don't lie to them. Don't lie to them. You know the truth. <laughs> uh, but when we you know, got into that concept of traditional relationship, my understanding was always egalitarian. Nobody was going to be over me and be the lead of me. I wasn't going to be in a patriarchal household. I wasn't, my dad wasn't that way. Um, they, we had family meetings, you know, about the important things like if we were going to move, we'd have a family meeting. So it was, he, he didn't lead that way. And so I, that was a complete strange concept that a woman would allow herself to get into a relationship where the man made all the decisions and, and she became subservient to him. There was no way in hell I was <laughs> going to do that. Uh, so if we're going to do this, it's going to be as equal. And when we uh, entered into our marriage, um, he was still in school and I quit school to put him through school because we were destined to be married. Don't you know? It had to happen. Um, we were young and stupid, but, um, but so we went through that process and he was busy. I mean, very intensive um, career path he was headed toward. And in school it was um, very time demanding. And so we didn't spend a lot of time together. I worked, I came home, I, you know, made food, didn't like to clean, so I didn't do a lot of cleaning. Uh -huh. <laughs> and he would clean, so that was his. He started to step into that role of, okay, so I'll do the cleaning. And so over time, gradually, he kind of got into that place of the one who maintained the house, like the domestic the side cleaning things. duties. Absolutely, I do, I like to cook. I always have. So that's not a domestic role right. for me. That's a creative thing for me. And so I enjoyed that, but I didn't want to do the dishes. If I can so interrupt you, for, I just, I just because I want to, sure. before we get too far from it, you said something that kind of jumped out at me. Understanding how you viewed everything, I'm just kind of curious how you arrived at the decision of, oh, like what you just said, of, okay, I'm going to, you know, stop my education to work to help you further your education. I'm just kind of curious because in society, we've, we've heard that a lot, you know, especially from, from our era and before of women and wives who would put their education on hold to help their husband advance his. And understanding how you looked at things, I'm just kind of curious, and I'm sure my listeners are too, how you arrived at that decision whereas for some women because of what society says they may have felt like oh well 
I'm supposed to do this. I'm sure you didn't think that you were supposed to do this. So I'm just curious how you arrived at the decision to stop your education to help him further his. In other words, why it wasn't the other way around. Yeah. No, I totally get that. It was advantageous for what I wanted. I knew that his career was going to be the one that made the money. I really didn't have a lot of passion for any particular, I had already changed my, my major a couple times. And so it was like, I don't really know what I want to do. If I'm going to be like working every day, not sure what that's going to look like. Um, but he was focused, laser focused on what he was going to do. And I thought, okay, there's, okay, candidly, there's where the money is. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know if your listeners have heard of it, but I went to school from, for my MRS degree and I was raised in, in poverty really. Um, and so I knew going to college was going to be my way out of that. And so saw somebody who had a great work ethic and was very focused with a career design, which would be bringing in money. And we had, intense physical connection from the very first time we touched. Um, there were like, you know, sparks. Uh, we, <laughs> sparks, we the fireworks had, and all of that, all of the combustible uh, stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The reality is we still have it. And that 33 years later, that in that energy that is, you know, combustible, we still have that. And that is because I would not have gotten into a married relationship with somebody I didn't have that with. Oh my gosh, you got to have that. I got I got to climb him every chance I get close to him. You got to start out there. And we did. And so I'm like, that covers all my main things. I've got a man I want to have sex with all the time and he wants to have sex with me. He's got a great work ethic, so he's going to go to work every day. He's got a career that has really good potential for bringing in money. And that's really all that really matters to me. <laughs> now that sounds shallow probably to some of your your uh, listeners but um I, I hadn't really found uh the thing that I wanted to do with my life mm-hmm. and so I, I quit put him through school he graduated um and when he went into his career I kind of started a family we started a family and I was mom. I'm a great mom. I'm really good at that. Um, <laughs> and um, my kids would tell you so. So I'm not just <laughs> bullshitting. Um, but I had a lot of joy out of that in my life. And there were times that I would go back to school thinking, okay, I got to finish my degree. Got to finish my degree. That's important. I need to finish my degree. That was really important to me. And then every time I went back to school, I got pregnant. And I thought, I don't want to get pregnant anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe I should drop this degree thing. And I went and um, became a massage therapist. And I was really good at that. And um, so that was the one thing that I did that I found, yep, I'm good at this. And I enjoy it. And I could pour all of that energy, that goddess energy into that. and, And I could bring light and healing and calm and centering to, to people. That was important to me. Well, fantastic. Thank you for, you know, allowing me to dig a little deeper into that. Oh, absolutely. You. Um, so you're married, you know, you're doing the family thing. You're with the, the man of your dreams and you're, you're having your children. From, would you say that 
at this point, things were just pretty traditional as far as your dynamic was concerned or had elements of the, I know, I know you said that, you know, because of the way that things were working out, that he was already taking on more of the, uh, of the, the domestic responsibilities as far as maintaining uh, the home. But aside from that, was your dynamic still pretty much like vanilla at this point? Well, in a sense, in a sense it was. Um, in another sense, it wasn't. We kind of, you know, did normal life, kind of vanilla. But if there were things that I didn't like, and, like, one of the things I just have always hated was doing dishes. Always. From when I was, you know, had chores at home to now, I still hate doing dishes. And that would become, like, a thing between us. When we were newly married, he'd be like, I'm going to see how long it takes her until she gets those dishes done. And I'd be like, oh, buddy, I can outweigh you. That's for damn sure. <laughs> and so the pile would get bigger and bigger. And I would sit on the couch with this sense of, doesn't bother me at all. I see it's driving you crazy. Get to work. And that would be, I will tell you, that's the beginning of the dynamic. That energy that I had within me of, I don't care. It can sit there a month it's going to be there until you clean it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where that female led energy began um, and consistently remains. And, and it, it just has grown into, instead of just a little tree, it's now a forest. Oh no, absolutely. So when did things start to, you know, I guess transition even further into uh him becoming your slave like how did how did that how did that first enter the picture where it sounds like in the beginning it was just kind of like roles where okay I'm doing this you're doing that you know maybe there was a certain uh a a deference to you on his behalf but when did it start to go into because when you have someone as a slave obviously that's on a deeper level Right. And, and there's a step before that. So what happened was there was the, my manipulating to get my way, which was the very beginning of it. And then as we were married, oh, probably nearly, nearly 10 years, um, you know, we, sex begins to get regular and kind of stale. And even though we have great sex and always have just wanting a little spice to it, we were in a bookstore and he picked up uh, the book different uh, loving differently or different loving or I can't remember the title. I think it's loving differently. Any anyway, that was the beginning of our journey, and it was um, he was a page turner for him especially. He was like reading it to me out loud. He's like, "You've got to hear this," and and he wanted to see because with the way we were raised that seems like the man should be the lead. The man should be the one who's dominant. The female should be submissive. Well, we tried that because, you know, I, I didn't know. We were young. We were stupid. And I just died. I was like a plant that didn't get any water or sun, and I just started to die. And he's like, this isn't working. You're not <laughs> doing well. I think we need to try something else. He's like, let's try switching. And instantaneously, I was alive. It was remarkable and so we began down the path of trying to find because there that was the only resource we knew this is before 
the internet was a big thing. Right. <clears throat> Pardon me. Mm-hmm. And so we did a lot of trial and error and we fumbled along. But as we did, the relationship got deeper and the commitment was stronger. And, and, and there were times when his um, toxic masculinity that every man is, you know, it, it seems to just attach to them from our society. Mm-hmm. Um, it would begin to rear its ugly face, and um, I would give him space. I would say, fine, now we're going to step back from this dynamic, and I'd give him space to kind of process what he was dealing with. And within a couple of weeks, he'd come back to me and say, That's, I don't want to do this. I want to go back to what we were doing. And we'd go right back to it a little bit deeper each time, a little bit more insistent each time. And, <coughs> pardon me, mm-hmm. um, the, the last time that we kind of went through this little, he pulled back and had to process and, kind of consider the roles and was this what he really wanted to do. And I've always given him the space to do that because I, I have told him you are my submissive by choice. I'm not making you do this. I want you to do it because you enjoy it and you get light and life out of it. If it stops, then this dynamic has to stop because this is not out of coercion. And so anytime he needed to take a break, we'd take a break. We would just go to just coexisting, you know, doing life, parenting, just, you know, just life running as it normally does. And it would be awkward, but we would, we would be able to do it. Um, But he always came back with more of a commitment to do, do better, do it deeper, do it more authentically. And this last time I said, I'm not going to do this again. This time is the last time. If you decide you can't do that, then um, we have had a, an, a, a written agreement that he was going to be submissive to me. And I said, this time we're changing it from being submissive to being my slave. You don't get another opportunity to rewrite it. You don't get to um, change it. At, we, we usually had a yearly evaluation to see if we wanted to redo it. I said, we're not going to do that again. This time, you're going to take my mark, which is a tattoo that I have, mm-hmm. and you're going to be committed to me for life. And so you need to really think about whether or not you want to do this because I'm not doing this back and forth anymore because you're at the place to where you can actually move to this deeper place in submission, which is now slavery and give your whole entire being to me and trust me. And we can go on this journey in a new way, even deeper. And after some contemplation and some, and deep thinking about it, um, he agreed. And so we went from an 11 page agreement to a one paragraph agreement, which basically said, whatever mistress wants, mistress gets, however she wants to do it. She's in control of all money and all aspects of his life. And so that's where we're at now. And he has my mark now. Okay, so let me let me ask you, um, prior to you giving him this, I don't want to call it an ultimatum because it's, it doesn't sound like it was an ultimatum. It was just, hey, if you're going to decide to do this, we're taking the next step. Right. I just want to make sure I'm understanding you correctly. 
because I know that this is something that a lot of couples still deal with today, which is the husband saying that they want something, being all in, then pulling back. You know, it's, it's, this, right. yo, it's this yo-yo effect of being all in and pulling back, being in and pulling back. Right. And, and it kind of goes back and forth. And so are you saying that that's kind of what you were going through and then it got to the point where you said, okay, no more of this yo-yo stuff. Either we're going to stop it right. or we're going to do it and take it the, the, the next step, the next logical step. Is that um, what yes, happened? That is correct. But there was, there was a reason that I did that. I would have continued to allow him to do that um, if he needed to, but I could tell that he had gone, gotten to the place in this journey that he was ready to release those. It was, they were out of fear of, of trusting our dynamic. And I had allowed him to process all of the, the issues from, you know, the childhood um, imprints that families leave, the societal imprints, religious imprints on how they would negatively affect our dynamic because all of them would consistently kind of pop up recurrently. And when those happened, I think a good dom, I call myself a a dominant, um, but a female-led wife, however you want to classify yourself, Mm -hmm. one who does it well, if you do it well, you allow that partner the space to do that that processing because they are an independent person. No matter how much we in our dynamic say you're submissive to me, um, there's a clear understanding in the kink world that a dominant is only dominant if there's a submissive who gives them that power. Mm-hmm. So he at any point could stop and our relationship dynamic like that would have ended. And so I wanted to protect it and giving him that space was my way of protecting it. And each time he'd come back with a new devotion to work at it, to work at it harder, to work at it differently, to release some of his fears, anxieties, some of that personal want, that selfishness, the, the need for justice and equality, because when you are in a dynamic like this, there isn't equality. The concept of, well, you're doing it, I want to too, uh, that doesn't fly in a, in a dynamic like this. Is that what would be fair in general, like in a regular egalitarian relationship? You go have sex with other people, I should be able to go have sex with other people. Yeah, that makes sense normally, but that's not what we're doing. And so when that comes up, I have to tell him that. Yeah, I understand where that comes from, but that's not what we're doing in this relationship. So I have sex with other people with your consent. You don't have sex with other people because I don't give that consent, and that's because it is not consistent with our relationship. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, I'm curious. As you're entering into this, because you said when you first picked up the book that it was because things had kind of settled into a pattern from a, a sexual standpoint, which happens, you know, when people are together for some time. So I'm just kind of curious when you 
started this new chapter, how did it affect things between the two of you sexually? Um, it, it always, any aspect of um, engaging in kink or BS always adds fuel to our sexual energy. Uh, I know that there are, there's a, a portion of the cuckolding uh, community where the man doesn't have sex. He doesn't have sex with her at all. <clears throat> I can't imagine life like that. For one thing, I'm um, very sexually hungry just in general. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those insatiable women. Um, and so I can't imagine not having that from the person I live with because I want it that much. He's going to be the provider because he lives in my home. Um, then I'll get it elsewhere because I want more. <laughs> so. Um, that's kind of where that comes into play. So he, he and his, his sexuality is really important to me and him feeling like what he brings me, um, is craved and desired is important to me. And I like primal sex. So I want him, which is challenging for him at times because when he gets in the submissive mindset, it's hard to bring that more dominant energy. And I tried to communicate to him, what I'm wanting from you isn't dominant. I'm wanting you to kind of let the lion out of the cage. Mm -hmm. Normally, we keep the lion caged up. But when we're in bed, I want you to let the lion out of the cage. And don't worry. Don't think that I'm going to be, you know, pinned to the bed and and weak and and unable to manage. I'm going to be the the lion tamer. I got this. (laughs) And so when when we have those moments, which we have most of the time, um, it's intense and fabulous. So I don't know if I answered your question. Oh Michael. no, no, no! You you most definitely did. You know, um, okay. like I said, it was just it was just it was just something that I was curious about. So, two questions: When did you learn that there was an actual term for this, as far as FLR? And when did you discover cuckolding? Um, cuckolding was kind of an accidental thing that we just incorporated without knowing what it was. Um, so that was early in our dynamic of um, our kink dynamic, which we re- have referred to it traditionally as a DS, dominant submissive mm-hmm. dynamic, not a FLR. Um, so the term FLR is kind of new within the last 10 years probably, but that concept is the same as a DS dynamic. So I'm the one with, it's a total power exchange. Right. I have the power, he does not. And so um, we have used cuckolding as a tool in the toolbox to reaffirm and for me to, when necessary, kind of slap, slap, uh, you're the submissive. Um, it, it's kind of one of my little devices that I use to get my point across that I'm in charge. You are not. Um, but it's also something that we engage together that is just freaking hot. <laughs> <laughs> it just is. <laughs> so in, in your particular dynamic, because obviously the thing, one of the things that's beautiful about this lifestyle is each couple does it their own way. 
and each couple finds a way that makes it work for them. So I'm just wondering, in your particular dynamic, I know you say that the DS aspect of it and the FLR aspect of it are more primary, and the cuckolding is just kind of a tool in the toolbox. So I'm just wondering, how do you use that tool? Like, in your particular dynamic, what does cuckolding look like? Um, Well, I have a partner that I engage with whenever his schedule permit he's a regular partner and um, that is used to kind of um, heat up my slave there's there's something about that that when he hears that um, it's about me what I crave not about the other person he Mm -hmm. doesn't care about that other person he wants to know what is it that turns me on about it what that I'm craving it that I want to feel his hands on me that I want to feel you know that intensity in that moment of that energy exchange it's all about that that really really is like turning up the the gas on the stove and so it's, it's really about the concept of goddess having a worshiper who craves her, but more than that, because that's important, um, but more than that, it's that goddess wants to feed, and she's found somebody else to feed on. Mm-hmm. That definitely does sound very primal. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you put that. Yeah. yeah. And so he, he, I guess, would say that he really enjoys seeing you get your needs met in that way. Um, well, see, this is where it's different than what you hear on a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. It's challenging. It's challenging for him to know that because um, I have done overnights with this, this person. The concept of it is hot. The reality of it is very challenging. So when I'm away, he's lonely. He knows that I'm not with him, that I'm giving that energy to somebody else, and he wishes I was with him and investing that energy in him because that's what we do every day. That's that's our lives, and he gets the benefit of that energy that exudes from me, and it is directed at him. So when it's then directed at someone else, and he's kind of in the shadow of it, no longer receiving the warmth of it um he he kind of gets out of sorts at times and i totally understand that and that's one of the things that we work on that's that's a consistent thing that is something that is important as a lead that i encourage him that he's doing better because he is doing better but that we still have some work to do and that's okay so jealousy is always a part of it. And if somebody says it's not, I find it hard to believe. Because in that moment, you may be glad that that person's having that experience. And you may delight in seeing your partner just bloom like a flower. But there's an element of, I am not that person doing that for her. So there's a little of a pinch inside of them. And that, that's something that is reality. 
it's funny that you and as oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say and, and as the the woman, the the one who is experiencing these experiences, being aware of that and being sensitive to it is important. No, absolutely. Um, it's interesting that you bring up the, the jealousy thing because um, I've been around this for a long time and I was recently having a conversation with a, a cuckoldress and we were talking about jealousy and she was talking about how it pertains to her cuck. And what you said just made me think about it in that the interesting thing when you're talking about a dynamic like this is the jealousy is that they're, they're, they're almost jealous of the bull, you know, Absolutely. like jealousy in the sense of, I wish, you know, I wish I was the one who was able to make her feel like that, or I wish I was the one who was able to elicit that type of physical and primal response from her, you know, um, which is, which is different from the way that we normally think about jealousy. You know, because oh, usually know. with jealousy, well, I, I guess to make the point, usually with jealousy, and I guess in a vanilla context, you're not really jealous. Like, you don't want to be in the other person's place. You don't wish that you were in that person's place. You're jealous of the attention or the sex that your partner is having with that person. You know. Now, see, that's interesting because for me, because just as the person I am, I think things like, well, I I see that's really challenging for him now. I'm not going to change what I'm doing. But how would that make me feel if the if if he were doing it and I were standing on the sidelines and I saw that someone was giving him an experience that was different than what he had with me, and maybe maybe in some ways more intense than what he has with me. Oh my God! And that, I'll be straight up honest. That would be very difficult for me to deal with. That's not why we don't do it, because I would be jealous, but I recognize that that is a normal human response. Mm -hmm. um, and I wouldn't be jealous of the fact that he went out and had sex with somebody. I would be jealous of the fact that that person gave him something that maybe I was not able to. See? For me, it's the same. Mm -hmm. It would be the same experience. Right. No, um, and, I, and I get that. I was just more or less trying to uh, juxtapose it with the way that jealousy is typically looked at, like outside of the lifestyle. Yeah. Like for those of us who are yeah, in it, I, I think we process it a little bit differently. I think you're right. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, because, you know, we can all re remember having conversations with our friends and classmates growing up about jealousy and you know the guys who get mad if they're if somebody talks to their girl or like it's coming it's it mm -hmm. would I guess that kind of jealousy is coming more from an insecurity like a fear of of losing that person a fear of someone taking that person away from you you know not wanting to, right. to lose that person whereas the jealousy that that you know that I'm um, being that we're speaking about cucks I'm going to you know keep the focus on cucks and cuckolding, the jealousy that they feel is, is I'm not going to say it's never that fear of, of losing them, but it's more about what you had mentioned earlier about that longing to, I wish I could make her feel that way. Like, I'm happy that she's getting it, 
you know, I'm happy that she's able to have someone and I'm happy that we have the kind of relationship where she doesn't have to go without that. But being that this is my goddess, being that this is my queen and my desire is to give her everything, I wish that this was a box that I could check. Yeah, and I I have listened to um, a lot of your shows, and so I know that for um, a lot of couples, that that is very accurate. That that the man has the sense that he's he he's witnessing something that is being given to her that she may have never experienced before. That that experience with that bull is that you know life shaking. Oh my God, I've never had this. I've got to have this. It's transformative. Um, and that is a unique experience because for me, not that at all. Um, because I have that with him. It's just, I want more. (laughs) (laughs) I, I have, I have those, you know, amazing sexual experiences with him and he knows that. And, and we, you know, he knows that I, I, really treasure that but he also knows that i'm the personality that goes next next who's next because i'm ready to go let's keep it going Uh, okay and so he's like well you know we got to get you in a club where you can just go one after another after another so um but so the jealousy that he experiences yes is much more that he's not He's not with me, actually, probably more than anything. Because if he were with me and witnessing it, um, he'd get a charge from that experience also. But this is an out-of-town experience that I have, and so he's not with me when that happens. So it's all secondhand, which I think is another aspect to it that um, cuts have to deal with. If they're getting to watch, they get to participate in a sense because they're right there. And even if they're ignored... They're still there, but when they have that, their wife getting all beautiful, and then she walks out the door, and they don't hear from her until the next morning. Yeah, that's hard. That's just hard. <laughs> you know, and then all they have is their imagination. Going, oh my God, what's happening now? Uh, I bet it's amazing, and I don't get to know anything about it until the next day when she comes home and gives all the details. Now I'm wondering. Um, because, you know, you guys have a, a, you know, your relationship is kind of rooted in in the DS aspect of things. And do you use any of the uh, the tool, the other tools that are associated? Like, are you guys into any kind of like uh, bondage or restraints or discipline? Is that yeah. a part of it at all? <laughs> yeah. So all all of those traditional things that are used in BDSM are part of my toolkit. And as a, as a, I'm also a professional dominatrix. And so I have a rather large toolkit (laughs) that I can um, pull different implements from, so to speak. Um, But um, yeah, so restraint that I've used restraint um, on uh, one of my bondage boards before when he's really gotten really out of sorts emotionally about, jealousy i just am like okay you're being restrained right on that until this passes and then when you're done we'll talk about it and um, that has only happened a couple times because it was an effective tool um i i don't 
now that we're in the slave goddess dynamic, I don't tolerate that out of control energy mm-hmm. of, um, you know, upset energy. Don't tolerate it um, because it's counterproductive to our dynamic. Um, so that is a sense of bondage being used in that, that in my toolbox. Um, implements for impact. Just this morning, I said, I'm going to send you to work with a little bit of a sting on your on your ass. What, what implement do you want? You get to choose one. And he looked and he said, your hand. I said, okay. He thought he was going to get off easy. But he's like, oh, my gosh, that stings so bad. I said, yeah, you should have picked one of my study ones. <laughs> yeah, I'd have, I'd, so, I'd, have, I'd have picked the fur line paddle. <laughs> that's, that's right. And I'm like, too bad. You you got one choice. So, yeah, so we, we use all of these different things. And they're all added to add interest and fun and play, um, discipline. And to focus the mind, both his mind and my mind, on what our journey is. And just for our the record, is, I just want to say how, yes. how how tickled I am that you just kind of threw that in there after this whole talk. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm professional dominatrix. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just got, like it was like a throwaway line. You just kind of tossed that in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the reason why I brought that up is – even though a lot of cuckold couples may not have those same DS elements, I still see the use of chastity, you know, being that I have a, 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 BDSM, a BDSM background as well, I've always seen chastity as kind of like a little bit of overlap. Like it could very easily be something oh, that people would use in BDSM. So I bring it up to say, is chastity a part of your dynamic at all? Yeah. Some, some um, at moments more so than other moments. Um, but yes, um, sometimes I cage him, um, mostly for my entertainment. I don't find caging for discipline beneficial, mm-hmm. personally. Um, there are better ways to discipline somebody. And discipline is designed to change Unwanted. behavior. Exactly. And... and and punishment um, is often not effective. Um, so I don't really do punishment. Uh, we do what is called punishment. So you were a naughty boy. I'm going to punish you. But it's really what you want. So it's not <laughs> right. really punishment. Yeah, exactly. But I'm <laughs> so. a firm believer that you, you punish when you want to change, like you said, unwanted behavior. And right. therefore, the punishment, it, it, it can't be anything that they enjoy. You know, like, like it has yeah. to be something that, oh, I don't like this. And I, I like that word yeah. that you use, the uh, punishment, where you know it's not serious. You know, I'm not right. actually punishing you, but you've been a bad boy, so you're going to get put over my knee yeah. or you right. know, you're going to get my cane or my flogger or, yeah. or whatever. But that, that's cane, a very appropriate word. My cane is typically reserved for discipline Mm -hmm. because that's not for him that's not fun (laughs) exactly that's the one implement he really dislikes paddles and canes he really dislikes and so they are used to to reinforce my point and when he begins to stray like his mind begins to get onto topics that aren't productive um if he finds himself um craving an aspect of independence I have to remind him that's not your life. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but oh. that's not your life. Uh, Let me remind you. 
there's one cut couple that has been on my show and, and they have elements of BDSM in their relationship as well. And I'm always tickled because they utilize a shot collar on, on his ball. Oh, really? And it's just funny, mm-hmm. you know, cause she's, she's very big on manners, you know? So if they're out and he does something that she perceives as not being mannerly enough, like holding a door for her or pulling out a chair for her or anything like that. She'll give him a zap like right there in the restaurant. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. You know, and and it's, 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 it's funny and interesting the way that they, you know, that they, they, they utilize it. Um, And again, it's why I love this lifestyle so much is just the, the, the variety of different ways that people are, are, are able to, you know, to, to enjoy it and make it work for them. I can found, I can found mine on a regular basis because I, and it goes back to the way I was raised probably, but I want to open my door. I'm opening my own goddamn door. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, nobody's going to keep me here. Let me hold the door for you. You little demure thing. No, no, no. <laughs> no I'm not demure. <laughs> so, Yeah. And, but that frustrates him. He's like, uh, I kind of want to do this, and you beat me to the door every time. I'm like, just get behind me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so, I mean, I, I guess from the from the other side, you know, um, I mean, it's definitely the way that I was raised. Just, and I guess that's that's kind of something that you you struggle with from a man's perspective is, you know, you want to exhibit good manners mm-hmm. you know but at the same time you never want to make a woman feel like you're doing it because she's not capable you know right. or, or anything like that like there are certain things that whether it's getting a door or, or pulling out a chair you know uh what's the term you know chivalry is is is, is not dead um exactly you know uh you know uh, getting out of the car first getting the umbrella, coming around to her side, opening her door, you know, like there's that line. You don't, you don't want to feel like you're pandering to them or anything like that, you know, but there is this drive in you to, I don't necessarily want to call it protective, but just for lack of a better phrase, it just seems like the right thing to do. You know, whether it's, it's helping someone carry something up the steps or at least offering your help. You know, um, so I, I definitely don't, you know, want to give the impression that, you know, that she's expecting this for any other reason other than like what you said. She is his goddess, so she expects to be treated as such. Right. You know, and, so. And that's the thing that I find so interesting about dynamics. They, that's what I said at the beginning. They all look different. Mm-hmm. Every woman has a desire to be treated in a, a slightly different way with being called something different, having different rules, different protocols. And that's what is so um, rich and and beautiful about them all. Um, and, and that's why it's so important that all of us respect one another in this because um, it is only right that we do it the way that is right for us. And that we then respect other people doing it the way that is right for them. And so that's one of the things I love about your show. You encourage that 
all the time that, you know, we don't have to do this the same. It doesn't have to look the same. Uh, and we can respect each other and learn from one another. And I love that. No, absolutely. And it's, it's more fun when it's not the same. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's, right. it's, it's definitely more fun and, and, and more interesting to see all of the different ways that, you know, that people are kind of after the same thing, but they just have different ways of, of, of doing it, different ways of, of, of going about getting it. And I just love seeing when they are able to make it work for them. You know, as mm-hmm. you know, for example, there's a couple that I had on my show and well, I had the wife on my show. And like you said, there are many couples, not just yourself, where she is the only one who plays. You know, and in this particular cuckold couple, you know, she fancies herself like she she enjoys pimping out her cuck, but with certain mm-hmm. limitations. In other words, you can use your hands. You can use your mouth. You will not use your dick. That belongs to me. And you will not come with them because that belongs to me, you know, mm-hmm. and it works for them. You know, Absolutely. apparently he is phenomenal with his mouth in his hands. Her girlfriends love how phenomenal he is with his mouth in his hands, you know, and it's just like I said, it's just wonderful to see hey they put their own unique spin on it you know it's like a recipe and everybody adds their own spices or takes this out or adds a little bit more of this to it and and you know I guess it's like chili like you'll never see two chili recipes that are the same you know they're all they're all different it's it's the same meal but like they're all different and I should I should clarify um I am the only one who has the right to go and do what I choose when I choose, but he does what I instruct him to do when I instruct him. He, he says that he goes where the work takes him. Absolutely. That's <laughs> so, how it should be. <laughs> so, and, and he's got very good skills. And so it's fun to watch him utilize those skills to um, bring a smile to someone else. No, that's, that's fantastic to hear. That's fantastic. Um, so I always try to be, uh, mindful of the time and you know I love kind of leaving my you know I, I like living by the old adage of you always leaving leave them wanting more um, absolutely you know so I've definitely en- enjoyed having you on um, well, obviously I you. would I would love to have you back because I feel like there's more that we can dive into um, I just wanted to really explore your FLR dynamic and 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 how that came about and you know, what it looks like. Cause like I said, there are a lot of people who are still not really clear on, on what it is, you know? Yeah. So thank you for coming on and, and, you know, shedding some light on that and kind of giving us all a peek behind your curtain and how your dynamic works. And uh, you and I have talked before, and I, I know that I want to have you back for further discussions about this. But before I let you get out of here, is there anything at all, you know, you'd like to say, like, you're going to have people listening to this who may be contemplating different things? And, you know, what would your advice or words of wisdom uh, be to those people and specifically to, to other women? Um, first off, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to uh, speak on the show. Uh, I would encourage women to you first have to know yourself. 
you need to understand what drives you, what motivates you. Knowing yourself is key to being able to do this and do it well without doing harm to others. And um, because none of us want to harm our partners, um, but sometimes we accidentally do it because we don't understand our own motivations sometimes. So understanding yourself is really important. Um, learning to accept your own desires and not shaming yourself for wanting to be in a female-led relationship uh, or wanting things a particular way and talking to your your partner about it and saying, I, this is what I want, this is important to me, and I want to talk with you and see if we can make this happen. And understand they may have a different view, but together you can na navigate it. Um, you know, this is a journey. It's like we're not building a house. Uh, what we're doing is we're, we're going down rapids, and often we don't have a guide to help us. So mm -hmm. we have to work one-on-one -on -one together to find a way to do it without, you know, both of us ending up in the water and nobody hitting their head on a rock. Um, so work together collaboratively, um, but be true to who you are and what you need. But that's true of both partners. Sometimes you find, um, and this is the hard part, maybe you're not well suited for one another, but you got to be honest with one another about what you need. And then you can move on with, that knowledge, embrace it and value it and give it the respect it deserves. And from there, life can only get better. So um, it's, a, it's a journey and allow yourself grace in the process and laugh a lot. There's a lot to laugh at. You know, anytime you bring more than one person into situations, there should be humor. So just try to remember to um, laugh and not take it too seriously and and um, not to get feelings tangled up too quickly either emotional connectedness or hurt feelings all of that stuff can cloud things if they get involved too quickly but uh, if anyone wants to contact me or direct message me on twitter i'm uh, tn mistress j and i'd be happy to talk with you um just look me up and let me just uh, say that again for the people who may have missed it. They, uh, on Twitter, you can be found at, at uh, TN Mistress J. That's T is in Tango and is in Nancy Mistress J. All one word, Correct. no hyphens or underscores or, or anything like that. Correct. Well, again, I want to thank you uh, for coming on. I've definitely enjoyed talking to you and kind of, you know, you allowing me to pick your brain a little bit. And, um, before I get out of here, I want to, you know, say thank you to all my Patreon supporters. You know, you know who you are. I can't call you all out. By, I can't call you all out by name, but you know who you are and you know how important you are to what I do. I wouldn't be able to do this if it were not uh, for the continued support that you guys show me. So to all of you from the bottom of my heart, I say thank you. Uh, for those of you who are listening who are not yet Patreon supporters, um, you know, I appreciate you listening maybe this will be the episode that will get you to become a patreon supporter because there are some good perks that come with it uh you know getting the episodes early uh access to exclusive episodes that i only allow my patreon supporters to hear uh including being able to listen to live episodes after they are recorded so with that being said 
I am your host, Michael C. This has been another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast, and I will see you when I see you. Peace.